You really have to set up every time for like some grandiose intro. Look, our listeners and viewers, they have expectations. Do they? <laughs> I would imagine so. What else are they going to get from us? So what, are you, what expectations do you think people have of us? That we, like we said before, in our intro, I, I guess you're going to put that in there again, that we're banterers. And that, that they need to see our face in many angles. So how does a banterer <laughs> need to have his face shown? They don't. Or their but face shown? Brad, there are multiple expectations our viewers have of us. One of which is going to be that we banter. The other is going to be that I make these transitions seamless. The other is going to be seeing our beautiful faces every time we uh, interact with one another. They have expectations. The other is that we look exactly the same all the time. You wear glasses, I wear glasses. You're bald, I'm bald. We're both beautiful people. You have a weird hoodie on, though. Things weird looking. The double strings, that's dumb. Every hoodie has double strings. What do you... What, like that. Who like has double... one string? <laughs> Not the double <laughs> loops. The double loops, dude. The double loops. Okay, dokie. Looks weird. And it's like a mocked... Is it a turtleneck, too? Jesus. A, a mock turtleneck. Jesus Christ. What? Thing looks hideous. I mean, you go out of your way to be a hater. That's it's truly what's disappointing. Did you, did you know that Jeremy means hater in Spanish? <laughs> now you do. <laughs> Jeremy Bradford. I feel now is an appropriate time to welcome everybody to welcome <laughs> <laughs> to welcome everybody to the Brigady Pro Bobs. Pro Bobs. I think I'm done. Holy smokes. Done. We're wiping it. It's a transition. Who did you hear that? I did. Are you drinking death water? Nope. What are you drinking? A Coca-Cola? I had to turn him down for a sponsorship last week. Oh, bullshit. (laughs) And I'm moving on to our next potential sponsor. Poppy. <laughs> Poppy. Poppy. Is that how you're getting through with your lack of, of soda is drinking carbonated drinks? Well, I just started this, so I've been on a water kick. I've gone an entire week with no soda. That's fantastic, Brad. For an addiction, I'd say that's cold turkey. Oh my god, your face is frozen. Oh, my God. Tell me I don't have to look at this for in perpetuity. Oh, you're back. <laughs> I was looking at you in perpetuity as well. And this is... <laughs> I got you. <laughs> wow. I got you so good. <laughs> he thought I was posing again. <laughs> Are you done, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, I guess so. So, as, as I was saying, I've quit soda cold turkey. And Poppy has helped me <laughs> in innumerable ways. 
How it's flavorful. I'll tell you the disappointing part, though. It does have 25 calories. So I, mean, I think, like, my old go-to, my old vice of choice, Canada Dry ginger ale. So yeah. don't Canada Dry, don't bother reaching out because I've <laughs> got you adult gold turkey. Uh, I think they're like a 12-ounce can. It's 120 calories. So basically, I get five of these. Like, I can just pout. Uh, who was it Levi introduced me to? Badland chugs these like a son of a gun. <laughs> He's the son of a gun. <laughs> You've never seen bad. You don't know Badland Chugs. I don't Hold know Badland Chugs. Let me try my delicious poppy cherry limeade. <sighs> Delightful. Jesus Christ, Brad. Mm, that's good. That's it's a, a pre- Hold on. Wait. Wait. Let me get back to this because I'm going to tell you about Badland Chugs. Poppy, be gut happy. Be gut healthy. Limeade, a prebiotic soda. Prebiotic? Oh, yeah. Only five grams of sugar or less. These bubbles will, these bubbles with benefits will benefit your new. But that's a soda. 25 calories. It's like <laughs> Diet Coke. Soda? <laughs> Haven't you ever heard Trump say di- like Diet Coke is, well, I think at one point he said only fat people di- drink Diet Coke but you always see him drinking Diet Coke. Well, I mean, he only weighs, uh, what, 200 pounds or 210 pounds or whatever it was. Does doctor and said. I, I did drink an Essentia water the other day, and Kira and Stephanie just went to town because it was filled all the way to the brim, and they said I was drinking it like this. <laughs> like Donald Trump when he... Oh, <laughs> Do you, you remember an, that? Yeah, I think you have an infatuation with this dude. This what is Donald dude? Trump. Donald, this, Donald Trump. This said Donald Trump? It's Donald Trump. Well, now that we've got the advertisements out of the way, we're free to meander and banter however we see feel. So can I bring on a can I bring on an advertisement advertiser next next time? If it's approved by me, sure. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I don't think Ben and Jerry's is meets our demographic. Maybe it does meet our demographic. I think, well, look, I was, I was going to do chocolate milk. Maybe Yoohoo. Yoohoo. Yeah. Chocolate drink. That's, they must have sponsored. What is it? The good guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you had a Yoohoo in a while? No, I've never had a Yoohoo. I recommend it. Okay. Well, I would I would recommend Poppy. Poppy. <laughs> Kira said that uh, Caitlin Tui is sponsored by Poppy. A soda. That's probably why Bradford. Why she, what? Uh, didn't do because so well of nationals. She's drinking soda. Soda. Prebiotic soda. Yeah. Yeah, okay. she's sponsored. She doesn't have to worry about it anymore. All she's right. like, I'm I'm a billionaire already. Oh wait. So let me get in because I was talking about Badland Chugs. Oh yeah. So you should look them up on on uh TikTok. I'm not really ever on TikTok. So were you not able to watch those videos I sent you? 
What videos? <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> like I have, I think I have TikTok. I don't even know how to, I don't, I don't know that I've logged on. I, I don't know. Like I oh, think boy. I have a TikTok account. I couldn't tell you the last time I logged on. You're definitely frozen. I don't ever look at TikTok. <sighs> Sorry. But Badland Chugs, I'm writing it down right now as we speak. Bad so, and and I'm going to tie this all in just like last week with the North Korean basketball rules. Oh, yeah? Watch me weave a story here. Oh, watch I'm me, watching. Watch me weave. So, uh, joined a gym last week. Oh, you did? And it's a you gym in, in like, uh, it's an athletic club. So they've got a bar in there. You can oh, buy Jesus food, Christ. drinks. You're so bougie. Uh, it's not nearly as bougie as you would think. So, but it's, it's, it looks like they bought all of their treadmills at garage sales. So it's the most random happenstance. Yeah, There's garage, no two. Look, garage sales in million dollar estate houses. Poppy's talking to me. <laughs> Better That's, than last week, though. So when I added a poop break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Badland Chug. So, we, Levi and I go in there. Levi's ellipticizing next to me like a son of a gun. And then uh, there was all of the – there's golf simulators in there. And everybody that's in the golf simulator is always getting beers delivered. And there was okay. these t two young kids. And Levi and I get in the car after going to the gym. And he goes, hey, Daddy, did you see those uh, – See those guys just chugging beer? And I go, no. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, they were buying the biggest beers I've ever seen. They were huge. <laughs> they were like, they were like Homer Simpson bar style beers. And I go, yeah, I saw those. Those were, they were pitchers. I said, you take that pitcher <laughs> and you pour it into a smaller cup, Levi. And he goes, they were just straight chugging out of those big cups. And then he, he, he goes, they're, they're straight going Badland Chugs. And so then he started introducing me to these uh, Badland Chugs videos. Come home, Stephanie's like, or Kira's like, oh, Badland Chugs, that guy's so great. He's the, he is the nicest voice I've ever heard. And so, so I got sucked down this rabbit hole of Badland Chugs. And then Stephanie's like, well, this gym sounds pretty cool. Like, they're serving beer. And I said, yeah, they got a steam room. They've got, uh, you know, like a whole um, uh, cardio a area. Nude, nude steam room? A nude steam room? Yeah, I you suppose go it could be. It's in the men's locker room. Oh, nice. So, and then uh, it's not like a co-ed steam room in the men's oh. locker. They have a, a women's <laughs> steam room it. and a men's locker room. Ruined it. And, yeah. And so the next day, Stephanie, myself, and Levi go. And I'm ellipticizing because I'm still recovering from my knee surgery, if you didn't know. And I look over and Levi's just blasting on a treadmill next to Stephanie's like power walking up a hill. And Levi's just Rocky Balboa style down the beach training to fight Apollo Creed. And out of nowhere, I see I see this like him. What? <laughs> you were frozen and your face was... <laughs> so did you hear anything that i just said i heard that's all i heard yeah he was 
he was running like he was a, a Rocky montage before he fights oh. Apollo Creed. Yeah. And then I, and then out of nowhere, just out of the corner of my eye, I see like him try to grab the rail and then it spins him around and he immediately like sits down and gets jettisoned off of the treadmill. <laughs> It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. And there was people on other treadmills and ellipticals and everybody's just like, <laughs> like Dude, no one wants video of that. Yeah, no one knew what to do. And I'm just on the elliptical, punched over, dying laughing, just ah. <laughs> out loud laughing. And then Stephanie's mad at me because I'm just <laughs> <laughs> rip roaring laughing. <laughs> Did she rush over to him to console him? Was he fine? Oh, he was perfectly fine. Yeah, so yeah, little little rug burn, but that never hurt nobody. I don't know. One time I wrestled a buddy in high school, and I gave him rug burn on his forehead. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I got him down, and I was just like <laughs> rubbing his forehead all over the rug. He was so pissed off because the yeah, rest of yeah, I wonder why he had this big like stab on his forehead. So what did he just wear a headband? No, he couldn't. It was in school. He wasn't allowed. We weren't allowed to wear anything like that. So he's walking around with this big freaking burn on his forehead. I imagine he could wear like the Mr. Miyagi headband, right? With the land of the rising sun. <laughs> no. What? Why? What do you mean why? We had a dress code. What if no he was What if he was balding like uh like Vince Neal? I don't he know, always wears Brett. a headband. I don't, Brett. I I would imagine they would still say no. Anyway, he had this big this big burn on his forehead, and he was pretty pissed. So I imagine they make exceptions. I don't know for for rug burned forehead. Religious, I know, but religious. Well, sure. Re like, you can't say what? Why are you? Why? I, I'm just saying, Brad. They didn't make an exception for his rug burn head. I would honestly write a note and say, <laughs> "Like your his parents, please yes. allow." Yeah, he's converted. He's converted to Islam. Please accept him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's giving it a test run. That's right. Yeah, I, that was I mean, I, I think that would be. I mean, they couldn't say no. I mean, they couldn't. I don't know that the parents would have done that. They're pretty upstanding citizens. They're good, good people. So, what did they I think am. of you? <laughs> well, they, <laughs> they they had to have known how it started that his, their son mm. was trying to wrestle me, and I didn't wasn't have any of it. Got him down. Okay. Forehead burn. Well, this next section is brought to you by Poppy. <laughs> I don't have anything to drink. Let's Hold on. go into the... uh, talk, Brad. Okay. Can you hear me? You can hear me now? I can hear you now. All right. So let's go over. You and I have had next to no training here of late. No. I mean, it's it's been downright pathetic. It truly has. There's no real reason for me not to be training, except for I'm just really busy, but that's no excuse. I have been sick this week. 
like, well, this past like four days, I'm finally yep. kind of on the other side of it. Like really sick, vomit, but, but, but sick. So, so I want to yeah. go over like what we're doing now. So we've essentially hit the reset button. We have to. So we've hit the reset button. We've got a 10K December 17th. Mm -hmm. And then I would hope that we can get into our regularly scheduled training schedules for the half marathon. I think so, because we have enough time to get back into it between the 10K and the half. Right? Yep. If we can just get a couple of weeks in before the 10K, because we have yep. like a, a month. If we can get a solid two or three weeks in before that, that gives us a good springboard into like building back up to the half marathon. So okay. I'm excited about that. Um, and so I want to talk about like what we're doing to hit reset, make sure that as we're approaching the marathon, uh, that we're not making exception after exception after exception. Yeah, we can't do that. And then I also want to talk about the merits of a turkey trot. Okay. I think that's, I think that's, that's good. I think we should talk about the and merits. And then we'll wrap it up with the NCAA recap. NCAA Division NCAA. one recap. Division one and NCAA Division one recap. Yep. So, okay. Jeremy, after hitting the reset button, I guess you're hitting the reset button again. You started running for a couple of days and then you started puking for I, a few days. I, I, dude, I, yeah, it was miserable. It was truly miserable. Like, apparently, some kind of virus went through my school and just ripped it up. Like, probably 30% of the kids were, were missing. At one point, I think 15 teachers were gone. Um, and in my school, it was super small. So, um, fortunately, Katie and Elliot did not get whatever was going around, but I was just puking my guts out for the better part of a day. Um, I, today was the first day I've actually eaten anything legitimate since last Thursday. So I lost a little bit of weight. I was down to like 194. <laughs> That's a so good that way to good. do it. <laughs> it was. Dehydration um, and fasting. I Yeah, I think, and I know you're going to say this is stupid, Brad, but I think for me to get back into it, I've got to have like a legitimate like training plan. And that training plan is going to be like I said last week, before I got sick, I'm going to streak. So I think streaking is dumb. I don't think training <laughs> plans are bad. I personally don't like the pressure of training plans. When you, you know, like whether it's a book, Jack Daniels running formula or something from Brad Hudson or this and that, where anytime you want to do something else, then you feel like you're throwing a loop into the training plan or you're not meeting the merits of the training plan. And, you know, like in particular in my mid forties, I just don't need the stress. Like I like the structure of knowing that I'm moving in the right direction, but I don't like the rigidity of the structure that I feel like if I miss a day or I cross train on a day or I skip a workout that, that then I feel like uh, that entire week is blown out the door. But even if you follow a plan, you can always be flexible with that plan. Like if let's say like you're supposed to have a, you know, you're out there and it's a Saturday and you're supposed to go out and do, you know, 18 miles and you get to eight miles and it's just not the day for you, like call it a day and that's okay. You just have to, I think having a plan is good, but being able to say to yourself that today is just not the day for me is good too. So having both and my whole the whole streaking thing is not me getting naked and running down the street. That's 20 minutes a day at minimum. So I can do that. 
I can do 20 minutes a day. That gives me something to like know that I'm better than you at because you're going to take a day off. So it's already like a feather in my cap and I'm happy about that. So, but you started streaking last week and you made it like a day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I can start again. That's the wonderful thing about streaks. Once they end, they start again. The next time you go for a run, that's the first day of the streak. It's great. I don't think I've ever gone more than like, I don't know, 55 or 60 days in a row. I do think it would be an incredible challenge to see if you could streak for an entire year. I think if you get to a year, like there's no way you stop at a year. You don't just like, I'm going to stop at you think? five. Yeah. I think I've, I've known a couple of streakers. Um, this one guy, Paul, he like, he's a maniac. He went for like 13 years in a row. Like some crazy number. I mean, that can't be good for you because inevitably you're going to be sick. Yeah. Like there's going to be. And just throw it down. I know, but then there's no way that, you know, like your body needs recovery. So there's no way that you're not setting it farther back. It does need recovery. But if you just go out for 20 minutes at, you know, probably a nice, easy six or seven minute pace. Okay, so you were throwing up on Saturday. Do you think you could have gotten up and run 20 minutes? Probably, but I would have puked on myself at some point in time during that run. And so that what what is the qualifier for streaking? I think you have to get in, I think, a mile is what, what if you want to, like, register on the streaking website at some point in time, it has to be a mile, I think. Hmm. So, yeah. That seems better than 20 minutes. Yeah, but I'm better than that. Oh, right. Yeah, I can tell. Because <laughs> yeah. the last streak last week went so well. <laughs> Look, I, I did four miles, so that was like four days worth of streaking. That's how I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem difficult. Granted, that's quite the feat from where we've come from in the last couple of months. I know. No, I don't know. I think, will there be challenges? Yes, but like anything... Like you have to just kind of like go with the flow. That means I have to get up at two o'clock in the morning to go get my run in. Then fuck it. Two o'clock it is. I can't wait to see this. That look, that morning run's gonna be sponsored by Canada Dry. Ginger Blackberry ale. Ginger Ale. Blackberry. And is that a two liter you're pounding? Oh my god. I haven't had any of this yet. Ellie's been polishing this off, but. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even do it. This is just. <sighs> Delicious. <laughs> Refreshing. Very Blackberry forward, I would say. <laughs> Think Canada Dry. Did you all Sponsor. drink the rest of my? I already told you we can't have a Canada Dry ginger. <laughs> you can't. I can't. I think We're gonna have, have competing sponsors. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. Why not? This sponsorship goes to Jeremy. That sponsorship goes to Bradford. So it's you basically nil deals. Yeah, you can have Poppy. I'll have Canada Dry. I wonder who's got more money. Yeah, listen, they're investing into a dead person drink. <laughs> <laughs>
good news guys this sponsorship should only last about three months before he pops <laughs> now what are you what, what is your plan to get back on your feet well one joining the gym so paying money always helps with fitness uh, i think that's i there are lots of gyms who would beg to differ there planet are lots fitness. of gyms, planet fitness <laughs> one life fitness any any membership that's not like 150 dollars a month like if you're just spending 20 bucks a month or 30 dollars a month and it doesn't really you don't really see it coming out of your bank you know your bank like people are like ah i'll go next time or it's impossible to cancel brad you're stuck again Jesus, your interwebs is awful. Okay, I see you now. <laughs> Why? Is this? Is it your basement? No, I'm pretty sure it's your internet because I saw you talking the whole time and was moving. That's because my internet is working. No, Yours I think is, you'll. I'm, I think you'll see on the playback that uh, this is 100% your issues. Pretty sure not. My look, my router is right there. There's no way it's my internet. So what am I doing? One, paying money. Like that's a surefire way to just fitness through the roof. <laughs> yes. That's the cheat. Pay yep. money, get fit. It's the cheat code. Yep. So join a gym. I'm gonna utilize said gym. I've been okay. lifting every day. I didn't I lift on I didn't lift on Sunday. No, what I did lift on about, Sunday. Do you think I can get the same benefits by doing body weight stuff? Yeah. So I don't want to go to a gym. All right. Deal. Done. But Straight. I think it would need to be more plyometric based than just like sure. air squats. No, I get it. I'll just I can do box jumps and stuff here. Well, I don't do even think you need stuff. to do box jumps, but dude, I want to get my vert back up. I want to get my vert up to like 38 inches. Do you know how fast I'll that be? That should help can... with distance running. You're just... <laughs> but I can push forward, not just up, like forward. So then my stride... So you're going to... <laughs> my stride, stride length will become like three to seven meters. Right. And instead of a 180 steps per minute, it's going to be six. <laughs> yeah. And that's less energies. Seems like a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how my math works, Brad. So I've been lifting uh, more often. Like I would like to have a goal uh, that the days that I can't run, that I can ha like still improve my overall fitness. Good. So I think that works. And then I think in the short term, because I'm still still have some swelling in my knee and some uh, piriformis issues. In my left leg, uh, cross training like a son of a gun. Yep. Are you still so doing going, physical therapy? Yeah. Yep. So I would like to, I, I mean, I could be the next, I might be the Parker Valby of our, of the rock and roll half marathon. Dude, she's run faster for 6K than we've ever run for 6K. Pretty impressive. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, Jeremy. I could probably beat her in 100. So no streaking, but I would like to add more consistently to my fitness, even on the days that I can't run, whether it's lifting weights, just doing some type of cardio. Uh, 
Has your outside of not drinking sodas, has your diet changed? Hmm. Well, day one of saying this is it, no more soda. I was in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Beautiful city. Beautiful. <laughs> Went to Olive Garden. Without me? And did a soup and salad combo, all you can eat. Oh, Jesus Christ. With a water. Okay. How much did you eat of the soup and salad? I ate an entire bowl of salad. <laughs> That's a lot of salad, dude. <laughs> Four breadsticks. Okay. And then like half a bowl of, uh, they've got a new soup on the menu. Pretty tasty. Chicken, chicken yoki. Okay. Gnocchi's nice. good. It, it was, it's uh, it was pretty heavy, but it, I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was so heavy. It basically turned into just like a, a dip for the breadsticks. Oh, that's a way to do it though. I'm a big fan of that. Fire. Total fire. Badly in chugs. <laughs> I got to check it out. <laughs> as soon as we're done. And so now on to the merits of turkey trots brought to you by Poppy. <laughs> and <laughs> So are you running a turkey trot this year, Jeremy? This will be the first year I haven't in a long time. Why aren't you running one? Um, so we've had some unfortunate family happenings go on. And like Thanksgiving is just going to be a lot different this year. So we're playing it by ear and not making any specific plans. Um, so just not going to do it this year. Hang out with family instead, which is, you know, part of the turkey trot. But no, I'm not. What about you, Brad? Another year, another turkey trot. And how many years in a row is this for you, bud? Ooh. Since we've been in Cleve or in back in Akron or Northeast Ohio, we've run it every year. So I think this is six years of turkey trots. Very good. So, but I've done turkey. We've I've been pretty somewhat sporadic. But even when I've been out of shape, I did turkey trots at my in-laws' house when they lived in Palm Coast. One of them, no big deal. One my age group. Uh, yep. And then uh, first first race that I ever like had success in was a turkey trot in elementary school. Won my age group, which at which at the time I thought was just like it. I was an Olympic style Olympic level runner, and yeah. I wore a pair of like cross trainers, like didn't even oh, have yeah. running shoes. Oh yeah. And, and uh, and finishing my, you know, like my dad take, took me down to the turkey trot and he's like, I'm pretty sure you just won your age group. And they called my name and I got the, you know, like the medal first place. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, man, this is pretty awesome. This sport's pretty easy. So here we are. There we are. I'm guessing how old would I have been? I was probably nine, ten years old. Okay. I just saw a video of a kid, a boy who's nine, who apparently holds the world record at 1730. Did you think <laughs> you ran that? <laughs> I can guarantee you I didn't run that. 
That's so stupid fast. I'm pretty sure I ran 1530 and they just weren't recording records for nine-year-olds back then. You're right. You're right. Probably much faster. Yeah. Dude, 1730 is stupid fast for a nine-year-old. So what you know what I think is awesome about turkey trots? What's that? One, there's such a mix. Like it is, I would say the one competitive race where it's 100% acceptable for 60% of the race to just walk. Oh, for sure. It's so cool. And it's like a family thing. You get people out yep. there who maybe only run one time a year. They don't 100%. train for it. Don't do 100%. They come out there. They have their turkey costumes on. They're like yep. a family doing that stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I tell you what. I do this every single year. It makes me feel so much better as I just blow through 14 <laughs> plates of Thanksgiving right. meals. That's their motivation to go out and eat hard, man. It is, yeah. So I love that aspect of it. And I think what I like on top of that, that it's just like, it seems like the best social uh, running event that there is. Because everybody hangs out for a little longer. Everybody's there early. Everybody's bundled up, in particular in this area. And then then the front of the races are always absolutely burners dude every college in high school kid comes out they come back into town you know like i remember coming back home uh from winthrop for uh thanksgiving break showing up to the turkey trot and that you know like for as as competitive as regionals ncaa regionals or you know our conference meet this seemed like it was even more competitive sure. from a front fun aspect. Yeah. Like uh, I remember a kid came back. He, he ran at Colorado when they won national championship. Um, he was like a sub 30 kid from this area. And he just like threw down, like nobody, nobody's touching him right now. And it's just like, Holy shit. But there's like, there's so many people out here who are going like so fast. So your Turkey trot, what's the distance? We have two here that are lo- like pretty local. Yeah, they say it's a four mile. It never is a four mile. I think it typically always registers in at like three and a half. Gotcha. And everybody feels uh, real good about themselves. <laughs> what you run your four miler in? 22 minutes? Yeah, you know, like I don't think that anybody – I've never heard anybody talk about like time per mile or anything. It's literally the front of the race, I would argue, is as – it's got to be one of the fucking fastest turkey trots in the country. That would be so, that would be some interesting data. Yeah. So it was last year or the year before. I'm pretty sure. No, it was two years ago. I, I know I've told you this story, but I was standing in the turkey trot. Kira's running it with me. All of my then family's couple rows behind us. And there's a kid standing next to me. And he's talking about, I saw him wearing a John Carroll shirt which is a a tiny division three school here in northeast ohio and he's talking about you know my coach told me that i need to need to make this a recovery run so i'm gonna try to go out like the first couple of miles you know maybe five five thirty pace and then the last mile i'm just gonna see how close see if i can't break four minutes in the mile for the last mile and i thought like this is some blowhard like this would have been me coming home like just talking mad shit in line and then i looked over and i was like oh that like that dude just broke the division three ncaa record for cross country so speaking of said alex phillip 
He, he so he he won seventeen time All American Division three. Don't sleep on those D three guys. No, uh, Division three national record holder. Uh, I think he's like a five time national champion, two time in cross country, back to back cross country champion, which is insane at any level. Yeah. Uh, and before I get into what he's done this year, I looked up his high school times. Uh, I'll preface this. Uh, uh, so he transferred. I'll, so this year he transferred from UNC or from John Carroll to UNC. So he went all the way up to division one. Yeah. Uh, and so you're kind of interested to see how he then like, how good is the best division three runner against the best runners in the country? Yeah. Finished 17th at nationals for Jeez. UNC. So an easy all American top 40 oh, yeah. is all American. Uh, just like, was in the race the entire time. If you watch the NCAA championships, you see him in pretty much every picture until that last two K when the race kind of just imploded that. Yeah. yeah. And so looked up his high school times. He's a Clevelander. He went to uh, a tiny little school here, St. Vincent, St. Mary home of LeBron James. Ironically, uh, four twenty-eight as a senior in 1600 which to me does not translate to NCAA All-American. Not at all. Like, that is just insane. High school cross-country time is senior year PR of, like, 16-12. Not bad, but again, that's like, okay. <laughs> you see that every day. Oh, my God. Those kids are a dime a dozen. Yeah. Like, an absolute dime a dozen to go to... NCAA Division Three record holder, and an all he first year at John Carroll he was an All American in cross country. I think he finished twelfth his freshman year. So what changed? Like I don't know. Changed? Probably don't know. Training. I mean, maybe he actually took it seriously. Maybe he wasn't training full time in maybe. high school. Um, I don't. Maybe. I mean, maybe he just matured. Like you know, like could be a million <laughs> things. Things that strange things happen. So, Often. but it gives it gives. I think the cool aspect of that is if you can find a home to run. You know, like uh, I always say this about running: it's the ultimate participation sport. The more you participate, just inherently, the better you're going to be. Yeah, and uh, like that is the epitome of it. Like that guy, I have a hard time believing he's going to find a Division One home with his high school times. Right. He goes, runs division three, puts in a monster four years, 17 time all American before he became all American this year in division one yeah, is crazy. insane. And then goes and proves it at the highest level. That's right. So, so like, is this is, is he done then? Or is he still? I believe he has a track season, indoor okay. and outdoor track season. Very so good. I'm assuming I'll see him at the turkey trot here. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to take it out, Brad. You're gonna have to take it out hard. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, speaking of NCAA championships, did you have a chance to watch the men's and women's? I did. I did. So while Pretty we're already on men's, that Pretty was cool the fucking fastest looking race I've ever seen, dude. The first, like, I was looking at now. It said it changed over at a K, a K at like two twenty two, but it ended up being like two two twenty eight. 
228. That's sub-4-minute mile pace for the first K of a 10K. That's on cross-country. I know it was downhill. It was all downhill, yeah. I get that, but still, that's fucking crazy fast. And Nico Young, like, just looked like he was balls out. Well, it looked like he was on the struggle bus from from the gun. Yeah. And one of the other things that I I was blown away with in the men's race, one, how fast it was. Like, that was the biggest takeaway for me. Two, that looked like one of the most difficult, like, championship caliber cross-country courses I've ever seen. So to finish that last hill... Looked Dude. like an absolute meat grinder to get to the finish straight. Oh, absolutely. And that finish straight only looked about 50 meters after you went up a quarter mile hill. That's it. That so, was crazy. So that, then uh, third point, I'm not sure which one is more important to me, that point three or four. So I'll call it a tie. Uh, one or three, three or four, so call it whichever one. Okay. Uh, the number of people that were starting and then stopping their watches on the start line, you saw dudes literally oh, just <laughs> staying like this, like ready to go and then going out like bats out of hell, which I don't know what. I mean, they're, they have to be badasses to be at the NCAA championships. Yeah, right. But who the fuck is starting a watch in a cross country race? Like, there's no purpose to it. You have no idea where. Like, are they like, throwing it on the Strava? I guess, but like that's still like I, like I would never if I was the coach. I'd be like, guys, I don't want to. I don't want to see a watch. Take them all. What well, NCAA Take champions? There's times posted everywhere. You don't like. I, it's basically I a track me. Out times for you. Right. That's like, what that's I mean. Everywhere, dude. Yes. Like so, that blew me away. And then the amount of carnage, both in the men's and the women's race. To yeah. get over the finish line, I don't remember another NCAA championship. You know, like it was there was twenty Cooper tears, yeah, crawling over the finish line. So, that so one, one dude, they literally him. picked him up. Yeah, they could. He couldn't even make it across. They picked him up and just like, carrying him across. I, that surprised me in the fact that they didn't even give him an opportunity to roll. Like no, I they, I don't, I don't think. I think he was done. Done. They this. literally I, just I, came immediately over. You know, like that dude no, went down, and there was a guy struggle busing going sideways about 20 meters and behind him. Finish. Yeah. Right. That dude yeah. went down, and they pretty much immediately went out. Like the dude, maybe, I mean, maybe it was super. It obviously seemed like he went to the absolute extreme, but they treated yeah. him like he died right there. Well, apparently it was hot. So that, like, or warm for that time of year for that race is what they said. So I, maybe I would I, like to, I would like to look up the weather because everybody out there was wearing sweatshirts. Like I didn't see anybody in tank tops other than the racers. And yeah. I know it's a 10K, so it's a little bit longer, but everybody that's there is trained enough. Yeah, uh, no, I don't disagree. It, People like, just like the the heat. Like the heat I component, I just don't believe it. So, granted, most years it's like snowing at these things. Yeah, it's like negative. So everything is outside. warm when the guys can actually just like don't even have to wear gloves. Right. But I think some of the guys were wearing gloves even. 
I don't I don't remember. I don't remember, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't I look. They're just trying to just trying to talk. Right? They have to fill time. They have to fill like space. So they're just talking. Maybe it's just felt warm to them. They were next to a heater, perhaps. And that's why it felt hot. I don't know. So don't the know. first Ivy League uh yeah. champion ever, Graham Blanks. Yeah. What an amazing race he ran. What well, an amazing year that guy's had. Undefeated. Right? Undefeated. Undefeated. Dude, I kept watching him and just thinking how smooth he looked. And like nobody like he got mentioned a couple of times at the beginning, but then like it seemed like he kind of got forgot because he was just there. Like he wasn't pushing, he wasn't doing any of that stuff. He was just chilling out. And then they're like, oh, well, this guy's still here. Watch out for his kick. And then away he goes. Did you notice the two Oklahoma State? So is Dennis Kipnetich and Foud Masuda Masudi. So they ended up finishing fourth and tenth, the top two runners for Oklahoma State. But they like uh, the race really, you know, like it was a pack of, I think it was like a pack of 34, 40 people. Yeah. For a good portion of the race. And then the race just opened up. Yeah. And it went from like 34 to about maybe seven or nine people that yep. were actually in the race. And you saw a group, uh, the kid from Stanford, Kai Robinson. No, I like uh, that guy too. So Kai Robinson then started like really stringing out that opening group. And, uh, the kid, Graham Blanks from Harvard, like literally just stuck on his hip. And I've mm. never seen this before. The course was so wide. And the Oklahoma State guys were barely in the frame of the picture. They were so far off to the side. I I just don't understand from a racing perspective what they were doing. Like it was, it was Tangent. weird. Tangent. Did you see it? It was just, it was yeah, like alarmingly what? weird. It's just tangent. Maybe they just didn't want to be in the picture. They wanted to surprise people. Like, hey, <laughs> hey. So, hey. so then from a team perspective, NAU, I wouldn't got, say got blown out, but they got beat they got, pretty, got pretty handedly by Oklahoma did. State. Yeah, so, that was, and you and I then was, both came from the exact same back, well, the exact same college with the exact yeah. same coach. Do you have any yeah. take on Oklahoma State winning over NAU? Like, did something just feel different to to you about it? They, I don't know. They it just, I, I don't know. They just came and were ready. I don't know. I don't like. I don't know. Like, so I could. So I think that ever did a race like that. But this is this is my point. Not that Oklahoma State won. They one hundred percent deserve to win. When you put five people in the top 15, they had six people, I believe, in the top 20. That is an absolutely insane, like, I don't know how many times there's been a winner under 75 points. Uh, I don't know, man. It was just, I mean, they were just tough. They were always there. You just saw them always there. They could just, yeah. So, so my point is why it felt like, for me personally, it felt weird is it looked like they just recruited every every East African that could come over and run fast. And so and, and, their team was almost completely different from last year's team. And yeah. it was all just recruiting 
East African, just badass runners where NAU every single year grooms like a group of 25 runners. So, and does NAU bring over like, I know they had an Irish national champion, uh, a kid from Ireland that won the national championships. Uh, one of the years that they won an, a team national championship on top, top of that. So, but I, I don't like, it just seemed like a recruiting factory overseas uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, like you're, what you're NAU again, typically Brad. looks like. I'm what? You were stopped again. You were frozen. I don't know. You're sounding an awful lot like I can see you now, like Paxton. So that did never cross your mind as you were watching this? It did. But, you know, sometimes in order to build a program back to what you want it to be, you've got to do some work ahead of time so that you can say, hey, look, we're successful. Come and be successful with us. I think NAU gets so much attention because they are such a good program and the coach is so good that other programs are over, uh, you know overshadowed. And not that you know Oklahoma State doesn't deserve it, but so they just need to put themselves back in the headlines again. I mean, that could be a motivation to go out and get some rec some recruits from uh, elsewhere to get your name back on the top, so people want to come back to you. So, if you were one of the top high school runners in the country. Where would you go now? So Alabama builds their program the exact same way. Uh, you've got Oklahoma State building it like that. Arkansas builds their program like that. I, I'll tell you where I would go. It, it was always a dream of mine, but it was never going to happen with Stanford. Always wanted okay. to go to Stanford. I, academically, I would never have made it. And, you know, athletically, obviously, I would never have made it. But just Stanford. So and then I, yeah. this is a wild tangent and sidebar, yet co-mingled or interrelated with this do you think it's then like cheap to just go over and recruit like the best foreign runners do i think it's cheap i i don't know i mean what's the purpose of ncaa what's the purpose of collegiate sports What is the purpose of NCAA sports? Yeah. Well, funny you should ask this, Jeremy. I you're, I you're happen to I happen to have been to a Hall of Fame induction for Winthrop University's first uh, Big South Conference champion team, where we sat down with Mark Emmert as the keynote speaker for the Hall of Fame introduction okay. that <clears throat> I happen to be a part of. And uh, and he said, if you gave me, this was just kind of at the fringe of when uh, athletes were really complaining about not being paid, that the NCAA is this giant monopoly uh, and taking advantage of in particular football, basketball players. Yeah, uh, They're bringing in all of this revenue. Uh, and if you remember at the time, you could only work as much as a full ride is. So if you were on a full ride, you couldn't even get a job to put any extra money in your pocket. So yeah. the full ride was the extent until the summer of what money you could earn. And so, you know, college campuses would see football players that come from poverty stricken areas that couldn't even buy, like go to Dinkins Student Union and buy a pizza outside of their uh, food pass because there was no money to be used. Yeah. 
And so Mark Emmert, this, the president of NCAA said, you know, like he kind of brought up this topic of what is the NCAA, et cetera. And he said, look at our graduation rate. So NCAA athletics brings in however many billions of dollars. He said, so if you take a look at all of the students across America, if you said, well, I, if, if you could take an investment of $80 billion and get a graduation rate of 87%, so don't quote me on the percentages of graduation rate, but it was some astronomical number of graduation rate versus the normal students that aren't NCAA uh, student athletes at a graduation graduation rate of 42%. So I can over double it with this investment. He goes, that seems like a pretty good use in time that the NCAA invests into its student body. People get caught up all the time in that, uh, you know, there's this millionaire in the making in football, but 99.9% of student athletes are just, you know, they're rowing teams, you know, uh, cross-country runners. Like most of them are. The majority of them, correct, yeah. So swimming, diving, uh, gymnastics, you know, like sports that, that, have no financial value post-collegiately all kinds of stuff so i thought it was an interesting take so what is the point of ncaa athletics you know like a a competitive ground that grooms you know like dare dare i say the future leaders of america there you say it dare i say it so like how like so our school brought over for our sailing team. Our sailing team's actually really, really good um at my high school. Um, a guy from Italy who's like number one ranked for his age group in the world, right? Like just crazy good. And it's because all these teams, like he was a- academically not gonna be able to do anything, but because he's number one in the world, they were bringing him over to go to like Stanford perhaps to go and sail. Um so they could be competitive. I don't know, like you have to make a you have to want kids to come to your school and look the. So, but is that kid going to graduate? And I'm not saying everybody not, that, that goes probably, to Oklahoma state. Probably really? Probably. So like, he's not a good he, student. I don't think like, he's, he's not, he does. English was very hard for him. Okay. Um, and to go to a super selective school that has super high rigor in its academics and expectations and all that stuff. I don't know that he would have been able to maintain the academics to continue on. Okay. I think, I think he would have ended up having academic issues, not athletic issues. So I think I'm sure this is some like deep seated bias. That's probably just set into me from being at Winthrop for five years where, you know, like it was pounded into us, like USA running, USA running, USA yeah. running. Anybody that's doing it another way is cheating with the exception of, you know, at that time it was Mebkez Fledgy. So, yeah. you know, like, well, he grew up in America and he's getting his U.S. citizenship and he's going to run for America after, you know, like whatever, etc. So I don't have a problem recruiting. What I have a problem with is if you're recruiting kids outside of the United States just to bolster your team and they have no one like they don't have a genuine interest in either graduating or getting an being here for an for an academic standpoint that's pretty presumptuous of you for the, you to think that the kids who came over are not interested I, I'm not saying 
like I said, I don't think that this is pointed at anybody. I would like to see for major schools throw NAU in there. I'm pretty sure Harvard's graduation rate for their cross-country team is probably 100%. Probably pretty close, yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine the exact same thing from Stanford. Yeah. So, and I would like to see it from NAU, but my best guess is their graduation rate is probably pretty close to 100% as well because every good runner that I've seen there has been there for five years. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I would like to see, like, there's that's that's probably something that Katie would be interested in. Like, that's something, because she's all into data science right now. Like, to see, like, schools that are more selective academically who have good collegiate programs, let's just talk about running and cross-country, versus less selective schools that are, like, big as well. Like, what the graduation rates for those, like, just let's keep it to cross-country teams are at what percentage they graduate. That would be pretty interesting information, I think. So, I mean, I think if you just took the top 10 teams at NCAA, you know, yeah. like I would be interested to see what graduation rates are like here. So you've got Oklahoma State, which just from a, just like the most biased perspective ever, I don't think that their graduation rate is through the roof. It's the highest funded athletic program in the entire country. Thank you to T-Bone Pickens. Yeah. Uh, they have literally the highest funding out of any college in America. Wow. And so the goal of the highest funded program is winning. That's it. You know, like, I don't think that their goal is graduating people. I hope that I'm I'm 100% wrong with that. So the thing is, though, like, if they don't keep kids, I think it would become – I, I, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just like a warehouse where you keep kids for like two years and then get rid of them and you well, just have it. They do it in training. basketball. Yeah, constant strain. That's true. But cross country is – it's a different – But if you're the thing. highest funded program in the country, what – like is their intent to keep kids for four years or to win national championship after national championship? Well, if you, and if you last win, year they lost on a tiebreaker. If you win though with the kids you have, why would you go back to the drawing board every year? Because there's no guarantee. Because if you have a turnover of two years for student-athletes. That's true. I don't know. I, I, I Again, like, you're right. But why wouldn't you build that culture, like, to keep them there for four or five years? And, like, if you're already you winning. want the absolute – it's the same thing as basketball. You want the absolute best talent, whether they're there for a year. The, well, yeah, but just because there's a new talent doesn't mean that that's the best talent. So why in basketball, like it's so synonymous with basketball, one and done. They're required to play one year mm -hmm. in the NBA or in the NCAA before they can declare for the for the draft. But that's not is that the case for cross country and track? It is not, but but how many of these kids need another two years to develop than to be able to make their you know, like I forget who it is. I think it was the kid from but if these kids Patrick are Kiprop or something finished 17th at the world uh, yeah. cross country championships. But how many, well, that's the thing. How many of these kids truly need to come to college to make any kind of living by being runners? If they're top already top in the nation. So do you think that, it, it, you know, like other than the top three guys at the cross country world cross country championships make any money? No. I mean, no. But they can go like, but the thing is, like you mentioned, there's a ton of ton of money out there in road races. They could go out and be successful there. 
Put maybe. I don't. I, I don't, don't know. know the benefit of them coming over if they're not going to get the the education. I don't know. I mean, I guess that the answer would be in graduation rates. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little bit less jaded. I guess. So, well, I'm quite jaded in that respect. So I don't believe in an Oklahoma State, and this is just a gut instinct, and probably just well, absolutely doused with <laughs> with bias. Uh, Northern Arizona, I I could make it fifty fifty. I would probably lean fifty one percent that they have a better graduation rate. BYU, I'm guessing their graduation rate is through the roof. Oh yeah. Uh, Arkansas. I'm guessing their graduation rate is like the state, uh, you know, like how they rank from a national standpoint in education near the damn bottom. That's right. Iowa State, I don't believe, has some crazy graduation rate. I would love to be proven wrong. North Carolina, prestigious school. I'm guessing their graduation rate is through the roof. Yeah. Texas, 50-50. Stanford, we already talked about it. Yeah. Syracuse, Wisconsin, I'm guessing both of them have decent graduation rates. Huh. Sounds like there's a little bit of racism. <laughs> Talk about all the all white schools you're going to graduate all of their kids and all the schools that are coming from predominantly not white places are not going to. So Iowa isn't predominantly white. Oh, yes. Iowa outside of Iowa, the Arkansas, all that stuff. Arkansas isn't predominantly white. I don't know. I think it's less than you think it is. Oklahoma. Super not white. What? <laughs> Hmm. Bradford. Hmm. I think if you look at the U.S., like in recruiting the U.S., top cross-country teams and runners, it's a country club sport. Oh, 100%. Like I found there's a lot of money in cross-country. The kids who generally run cross-country, I was the poor folk when I ran. Like my family were super blue-collar, but all of my friends like in high school – all these super huge houses they lived in, drove all these nice cars, got to, they didn't have to worry about going to college because their college was going to be funded by parents regardless. Like same thing goes with like, yes, same thing goes with like when I went to Winthrop, most of the people who we ran with were pretty well off. Yeah. I mean, well, I bet you it was 50, 50 mix in fairness. Yeah. But still like pretty well, like that's still pretty. Like common. you, you Growley's family was, blue collar his dad was a firefighter dan's was not blue collar uh lawyer yeah was his mom a teacher yeah she just retired yep okay uh Um, you've got lucas mccurdy white collar is white collar gets yep uh you got matt white collar yeah what about Uh, um wacky i don't know wacky's parents blue collar and then okay. you had Justin Insko, who was as blue collar as blue collar gets. Dude, yeah. You had guy. Brandon, who was blue collar. Like our team Did was pretty half family. and half. Yeah, maybe even more blue collar than not. That's not. I don't think that's common though. I I don't think it's common at all. Like when you look at the top programs in the country and the top runners in the country, they historically come from 
like affluent areas of whatever yeah. state that they're in. And I don't understand that. I don't, I don't know how that connection is made. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's just like, it's just like when I worked in retail or like as valet, like I never understood how there would be nobody ever. And then you would have 55 people come in within the span of two minutes. Like, I just don't know how that influx happens. Just like, I don't understand how, you know, cross country and money like correlate. There's no, I don't understand the correlation there. So my best guess is from a socioeconomic standpoint is if you come from a lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum and you're looking at sports as a way out and sports as an opportunity, who the fuck is looking at running as an opportunity to make money? So the opportunities for money are baseball, basketball, base, uh, football. Yeah. And so um, when you look at like, when you look at the socioeconomic impact of one of my one of my good friends from high school was a professional NFL player for eight years, and you'd ask him like, "Well, listen, like, why why is there uh, a it's grossly disproportionate the number of NFL players that go bankrupt after they're out of the out of the NFL? Like, how does that happen with the amount of money that you all make?" And he said, "He goes, well, look at the neighborhoods we all come from. Like, we come from shitty neighborhoods." Where life expectancies are, you know, like 20s to maybe 30, like the old guy on the corner is 30 years old. We're all super competitive. So you put us in a room where there's one person that's making, you know, $18 million a year, whether it's Brett Favre or whoever it is and gets to drive in in his Ferrari. Everybody wants to be that guy. So everybody spends like that they are that guy. And they have no idea. They've never heard of retirement. Because nobody in their neighborhood has ever retired before, uh, he said. So it's it's a hundred percent socioeconomic. Like the, when you go to college, the the programs at University of Florida or whatever these major programs are, they're not teaching you life lessons of how to balance a checkbook. And when you get to the NFL, you know, like you're spending your checks on whatever the hell you want. Nobody's telling you to save anything. No. Yeah, I, I get that. Man, that's a good point, Brad. That was thoughtful. So, like, I I think when you look at all of the country club sports, it's historically things, you know, like running is the cheapest sport of all the sports to get into. Yeah. So, but it's the least amount of money that's there to earn. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're... professionals, Even the best professionals, I mean, not the best, but... The average professional isn't is sometimes just barely making it by. Like if they're making thirty k a year, they're just like, okay, what else do I have to do? Work at a running shop, like to Terrence Harrington. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so an Olympian. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, running is not the avenue that if you want to retire on sports income, it's not going to be running. I don't know, Brad. I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> well, maybe things will change. So quickly before, so let's do some research for next week on these uh, graduation rates. And okay. then let's talk quickly about the women's race. Parker Valby and NC State, yeah. absolutely nuts out there. NAU loses by a point to NC One State point. in the team championship. Yeah. I thought that, uh, what'd you think of just watching the race? Um, well, I was struck by, you know, Parker Valby just fucking dominating. That was like pretty was, much the pretty, whole coverage. Like it was, 
she was so far ahead the entire camera was just filled with Parker Valby and how big the gap was. And and there was often not anybody like near the later stages of the race, nobody was in the frame anymore. Like you just saw the last K. Well, yeah, but like for most of it, you're just like, where the hell is everybody else? Um, you know, obviously Caitlin Tuey, kind of like disappointment for her and for many people. But I thought I she ran a really good race. She went yeah, from twelfth I mean, back to fifth. Fifth place is not too shabby. I wish I could say I was fifth place in the nation <laughs> in cross country, but I'll never be able to say that. Well, um, think of that. I mean, think of that for Caitlin Tuey. That that's in like. What a running resume you have that fifth place at the NCAA championships. Is this is a senior? A, yep. Yeah. That that's a letdown. And that's, yeah. you know, like from the field looking in that that is like that's from the outside looking in. That seems like a failure. I it, like it, I think we both understand that it's it's completely not, uh, you know, like, but that was probably the worst having the worst possible race ever. She looked uncomfortable from the get go. She went all the way back to 12th, fought all the way back up to fifth. Yeah. Fifth place was basically her worst day on a cross country course to finish yeah. in the biggest race of the year. Like yeah. that is insane. And a testament to how, and how amazing she is as a runner. I, I just think like, Maybe physically she's not where she wants to be or could be, but mentally she's just, she still has it. Like she's still, she's still mentally just a champion. Just some days you don't have it or some seasons I, you don't have it or whatever it may be. Like, I think she burned her. I think she blew a gasket through indoor season last year when she oh, tried yeah. to triple up. And then well, impl- whole indoor season, the whole indoor season, she was well, just she like, broke every broke record. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes to outdoor and went, for as dominant as she was, like completely backwards. She went, you yeah. know, like underperformed from her standards in the 1500, yeah. then pulled out of the 5,000 that gave Parker Valby her first national championship. Yeah. And then immediately comes in and the, you know, like there's basically for her, there's three races that matter. It was like the nutty comb where mm-hmm. she, where yeah. she lost to Parker Valby, the uh, ACC championships, that she won, mm-hmm. you know, like the regional for somebody like her probably doesn't matter that much. You know, you're going, you know, yeah. like they're probably training through regionals uh, yeah. with as strong as their team is. And then, and then nationals. So two out of the three races this year on top of the end of track season being, you know, like from her perspective, underperforming. It to me, it all leads back to indoor track season of last year. Yeah, I think you can only. I mean, she went deep to the well. I'm imagining a number of times indoor, and you can only do that so often. And you have to like your body has to like recover. And sometimes you think, oh, it's only a week, or you give yourself a month off. But sometimes maybe it's like permanent. I don't even know. Like some people just blow the doors off, and then they're never the same again. I'd um, be interested to know like what her if her training program changed at all, or if she upped volume or even from a plyometric standpoint, do you remember back in the day when, um, Oh my God, I'm, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Who was old American record holder in the, in the 16 mile 16 and 15 from Alan Virginia Webb. beach. Alan, Alan Webb. Webb, not from Virginia beach, but yeah, from Virginia. 
So, so he, uh, he thought that doing more and more plyometrics and lifting weights would help him get faster and faster. Do you remember how and freaking it, diesel he got? He was yeah. like ripped up. Yeah. And he just never like, that was kind of the downfall of mm-hmm. Alan Webb. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering, it doesn't look like from a physical standpoint, it doesn't look like she's changed. No. Uh, but I'd be interested to know if they've tried adding something or, or if this is literally some level of like, she just went to the well and she's going to need, you know, like nothing is linear. So maybe she just needs 18 months before she's back yeah. to what are, what the expectation of Caitlin Tui is. Yeah. I just hope she's not done. Like, I hope she doesn't just fade away. Like, not that she would fade away, but you know, kind of just doesn't have a, the career. I think she could potentially have, um, I just like her. I just like her mentality and her race. Like her racing is pretty cool. Well, it seemed like she was genuinely excited uh, just like not just but to win another women's team championship. Oh, dude, I saw her reaction when they found out like, yeah, man, she's super stoked about that. And so you think about it one point her she could have arguably just as easily stayed back in 12th and they would have lost by, you know, six points at that point. That's right. And then she would have taken it all on her own shoulders, whereas it could have been any number of her teammates who could have like moved up even two spots and made up the difference. Right. So, um, yeah, I thought the women, the women, I thought the men's race was like a way more exciting race, uh, that, you know, the team aspect of the women's was really cool, but the coverage was just 100% dedicated to Caitlin or to Parker Valby. Yeah. Well, we need to tell her to stop that. Just stop that. Well, I mean, it comes back to, she's like, the well, shoes of course it, does, <laughs> it comes back to the shoes and if you put an incentive again north korean running rules here yes like the caitlin tui making up that many spaces in the last case I, I that she, might I be they might have had a runaway train with the team championship i mean that's if we were talking five seconds per person she makes up six spots that's 30 seconds how much did she lose to parker valley by I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Was it was it under 30 seconds? Because if that's the case, then she just might very well um, be the national champion, according to North Korea running so, rules. <laughs> <laughs> Parker Valby ran 1855. Caitlin Tui, 1923. The 30 seconds would have nabbed her first place. First place. <laughs> so Good job, Caitlin, national champion. North Korean yep. rules. <laughs> it's all about the last K. It's like the last three oh, seconds. To hell with two and three pointers. We're going eight pointers. Eight pointers. I like it. It's big time. So, yeah. You you make a three pointer without hitting the rim. That's a four pointer. I like it. I think a full court shot. I mean. Let's not pointer. go overboard here. Right. I'm like, just wondering, like, when, you know, like, you've got the, the Steph Kerr three when he hits yeah. his three, but then does he, like, early call the four before <laughs> four. before That's Kim right. Kim Jong-un gives the... Uh, and if he doesn't call, he calls it wrong and he gets executed. <laughs> what? Jeez. <laughs> can, they, can we put an extra basket above, like, make it a 15 or 16-foot basket? 
So you can you hit that boy. And that doesn't make that doesn't make sense. It would need to be lower so it's easier to block, but harder to get in, Jeremy. Well, it's easier Think to get, it. easier to block. It's right, but th- with defenders <laughs> and everything. Well, three baskets then. You have one that's twenty feet in the air. That's high, Brad. And if you look, what happens if you get it through all three? And Do so, you get all those points. So, but how does this? Down, like, how does this? Re- how does this relate to running? It's like if you run that a sixteen hundred and you stay in lane eight and win. <laughs> yes. You have to call it though. You have to call it before the race. I'm calling yeah. lane four. That gives me an extra seven seconds. What do you got? Yeah. yeah. Try yeah. me. That's right. Try racing like- in lane one. <laughs> <laughs> What if you're in lane one and then you have to immediately run out to lane four? <laughs> Dude, people like, and you have to, like, you can battle for a lane. Like, so there's people just like elbowing each other. Yeah, I'm just like thinking it. of a water, like a double waterfall start, how that would work. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess you would have like 200 meters depending on like the length. You have people 200 meters ahead of you, like in a 5K hmm. to start. Hmm. Hmm. Or maybe you throw in the. I don't. Th- this could go in so many directions. It's time <laughs> to call it an evening, Jeremy. It is Bradford. <laughs> this was fun. All right, buddy. All hey. right. Hey, guess what, Brad? I'm guessing. Hold on. Let me guess. You love me. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> love you too, bud. All right, buddy. See you, Brigadier Bro Bob. See you, Brigadier Bro Bob. <laughs>